Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on Twitch, or you're watching it on demand at youtube.com slash at the Tyler Morgan Show, or, or you're checking it out at Rumble. Remember, Rumble, you have to search for Relentless Daring because that's my username there, because that's the name of Staring Media Productions. Um, so, before I get started and really get into things, I got to tell you, I know last week I put out and had this you know interview with Mia Cathell about the whole uh, Georgia Petto thing. Um, yeah, there were some recording issues on that, uh, the Video didn't record. The audio didn't record. Well, it recorded my side of it. Didn't record hers because there's something goofy with my settings because I didn't have any issues with John Andrasik and uh, others I've had on Zoom. So I hate to say it. There's not going to be the interview with Mia Cathell. I mean, it was a great conversation. I just wish I could share it with you. So sad. But other than that, let me tell you about coffee. Yes, that wonderful magic uh, fruit pit from the tropics. That just tastes great when properly roasted and all that. But the people who do it best, by far, are American Pride Roasters out of wonderful, beautiful, sunny Iowa. Uh, Dave Matthews and Faith and the guys up there at APR, they do amazing work converting these, you know, coffee cherry pits into amazing roasts that taste great as beverages. Uh, my personal favorites, you know, the Frederick Douglass, the Teddy Roosevelt, the Thomas Paine Age of Reason remix, uh, out Standing. Uh, of course, right now with the uh, weather in Iowa, roasting has been a little off for the last few weeks, but guys up there are working hard to bring great coffee to you. Go to aprcoffee.com and check out all the amazing flavors. Um, like I said, they've, they've got the Doc's Bacon Blast because, you know, one of my heroes, Mr. Doc Thompson, he said that he would love to have coffee with hints of bacon flavor to it, and Dave came through and made Doc's Bacon Blast. Uh, you also got uh, Ura- Doc's Uranus Hertz, um, Ron's Sexual Chocolate, if you're a fan of Mojo Five O and you know Ron Phillips over there, he has a flavor. 
So many great flavors there. Please check them out. APRcoffee.com. Historically great coffee. Alrighty, so much to get to. Uh, the first thing I really have to get to uh, uh, yesterday, be Friday, the San Francisco Police Department finally released the Paul Pelosi uh, body cam footage from the police officers who responded. Now, yeah, there was a lot of speculation. Well, they weren't wearing pants. Oh, my gosh. So much was being bannied about that there was a lot of speculation and a lot of stuff that could have either been confirmed or denied. Should, you know, the police have actually released that footage almost immediately. Uh, the security company also released their footage of the security cameras on the Pelosi residence showing Paul DePape actually breaking in, like he said. And I, I know there's a lot of questions there because why is the glass that he, if he broke in from the back, from outside to in, why is the glass on the outside? Um, it looks like he busts out the glass and then pulled the glass out towards him once the hammer went through, giving the glass, you know, a reason to be outside on the patio. But, you know, fast forward to, you know, the 911 call that, you know, Paul Pelosi made from inside his bathroom. Then eventually the police showing up. Now, when I first watched the video, I was on looking at it on my phone, and there was some stuff I saw that didn't make sense. Well, why is he in a dress shirt? Why doesn't he have pants on? But like I said, it was on my phone. It was a small screen, but uh, tonight before doing the show, I actually watched it on YouTube on my computer, so I had the full screen to be able to see what was going on. Um, he was not in a dress shirt. It definitely looked like a button-up pajama top. And it looks like he may have been trying to get changed out of his pajamas. I don't know. But, you know, he's definitely wearing a pajama top. A lot of people are saying, oh, I see he's still got his bourbon in his hand. Well, I, again, looking at the video on computer where everything is blown up, it looks like it's just a glass of water. Um, I would play the video, but this is a PG-13 show. I don't know how to do bleeping because I'm not a very good uh, audio engineer. I just kind of wing everything. And also, again, um, issues making sound go from my computer to the board and then into my recording software. Uh, it's, like I said, sorry, Mia Cathell. Anywho's, um. In the video, I mean, the cops knock at the door, and Paul Pelosi, you know, I guess they don't have, like, an actual doorknob. I guess they have, like, a, a one of the ones that's uh, the lever that he's a, that even with holding on to the hammer with one hand and then the glass of whatever he's drinking, I'm going to presume water because it appears to be water, you know, he's able to open the door. He's standing there. He does not walk back into the house like has been reported in the initial reports. And in the 
process. You know, the cops are there. Hey, buddy, what's going on? You know, the, the cops are trying to de-escalate the situation. You know, they're they're not trying to make the situation worse because they see that this is obviously a hostage situation. You know, like I said, you got Paul Pelosi. He's holding the hammer with one hand, and it's like, hey, can we drop the hammer. And the guy's like, and the, you know, DePape with a smile on his face, kind of a cheery voice, not nah, now. And then he eventually wrestles the hammer away. And, you know, gets one solid blow in on Paul Pelosi. And the cops rush in and they tackle DePape. And, you know, Paul Pelosi's, you know, unconscious on the ground. You you hear him snoring. And that could be, uh, you know, the effects of, you know, depending on where the hammer hit him in the head. I don't know if he got on top of the head, got him in the face, whatever the case may be. Um, He's also an 80-year-old dude. and he fell on his face unconscious. That could also be why he's snoring. But, you know, DePape is taken down really quickly. They get the hammer from him. They get him cuffed. And they get the ambulance called. So, the initial reporting uh, that was done by an NBC reporter. So, this is someone who he's had time to interview the police. He's had time to, you know, you know put everything together. And, you know, the initial reporting from him was that, well, you know, may, you know, it looks like, you know, he opened the door, led the police back into the house. And, you know, a lot of the questions, like I said, that were being bandied about because, ooh, little Peter Brady moment there. Oh, my God, guys, it's puberty. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff has been bandied about. Since the attack, because no one was putting any information out, had the police come out and said, okay, here is the footage, and released it, oh my gosh, the whole, oh, it was a gay lover's quarrel, all this stuff could have been put to rest months ago. Unfortunately, you know, in an effort to protect the Pelosi's, I'm presuming. Um, all this stuff was kept suppressed. And it really just allowed the crazy conspiracy corners of the web to come up with lots of stories. Uh, Kim's in the live chat. She says it could have been vodka. I'm, yeah, it's possible. I mean, Nancy living there, you don't know what they keep in the bathroom. They could have a mini fridge stocked with the finest Stalignia or Grey Goose, whatever whatever the vodka of choice is in that home. But, like I said, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, he went there and he got, got a glass of water because he's trying to keep himself calm. And everything you hear from the 911 tape, it sounds just like that. Someone who understands this is not a good situation. But if I freak out, I could cause myself more harm. And so having police come under the guise of a welfare check versus, hey, I'm being held hostage in my own home by some guy wielding a hammer, then the cops show up all aggressive, and then you definitely don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, and, and 
I won't lie. I kind of bought into the, uh, was this a gay lover's quarrel thing? Because, uh, you know, the reports that neither of them had pants on and this, that, and the other, uh, it was just so pervasive. And so for my, you know, stuff I've tweeted, stuff I may have said on the podcast, I haven't gone back and listened to those episodes to see if maybe I was, you know, putting the possibility of this out there. You know, anything I said, I apologize for. If I did anything on my own part to, uh, you know, keep all that going when it shouldn't have been. But still, the whole idea, though, that, you know, this crazy MAGA report, there's never been anything, you know, right-wing about this guy, you know, in any of his writings until, like, the last couple years. And so what it seems to me, and, and I still hold by this, is why I said, you know, back when the attack happened, this seems... Like, it's a crazy guy. Um, okay, the uh, the PC police, you can't call him crazy. This mentally ill individual who already had some crazy ideas floating around in his brain because of the crazy started falling into these uh, QAnon rabbit holes, which just confirmed the crazy. And the more and more he got into it, the more and more it fed into it. This isn't anything new. This isn't, yeah, oh, you're radicalized by this. No, this happens to a lot of people with mental health issues. Uh, Especially, you know, things like schizophrenia or, or some of the others that can, you know, cause you have hallucinations or paranoid thoughts. And then suddenly you you find these stories, these conspiracy theories that, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was thinking. It must be true. So again, I, I'm glad that uh, San Francisco PD finally released those tapes. That way people can actually go, oh, wow. But, however, I do believe NBC has yet to rehire the reporter whom they fired for mostly accurately, and I say mostly accurately, you know, I'll get to that, uh, for his mostly accurate reporting of what happened after the initial attack. And I say mostly accurate because, again, he interviewed the police, and there maybe there was something lost in uh, lost in the uh, you know the interview just like maybe he misunderstood whatever that led to reports that he you know led them back into the home and again like I said that reporting could have been based on a misunderstanding of interviewing the police officers involved with the arrest. But NBC still, I mean, I tweeted at them, hey, NBC, are you going to, uh, you know, rehire this guy? They're probably not because then suddenly they have to admit, oh, crap. 
we were wrong. And yep, no, no one likes it when a narrative falls apart. Now, again, like I said, his reporting was mostly accurate. You know, aside from some details that, like I said, could have just been misunderstanding during the interviews and while he was putting together the report. Everything he said was, like I said, aside from those uh, details that he got wrong, everything else was factually accurate. And Kim, Kim says, the uh, history of the left lying about things regularly, you can't blame yourself too much for believing what was floating around. They hid the truth instead of being honest. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's why I said, I'm going to come, I'm coming out here, I did my mea culpa because if there was anything that I said that put everything, you know, may have helped lend credence to this whole idea that, you know, you know gay lovers quarrel, you know, Again, because no one was being forthright with the information. I mean, any other time that you know there's an attack on somebody, there's uh, an officer-involved shooting, there's you know police violence. Well, uh, the this uh, poor man in Memphis who was killed by police uh, just the other day. There their body cams have not yet been released. However, you watch the uh, witness videos, and that's just horrible. But remember, they were racist black men killing another black man. Oh, oh, wait. Hold on. The, the math, hold on, let me check math here. Ah, Yes. They were racist black men because policing is racist. Um, and, and this is a situation, watching that video from the people, you know, the apartment upstairs who saw, you know, who recorded that part of the altercation that led to his death. Um, I hope those officers all go to jail. Because it's one thing to strike a person you're trying to detain while they're actively resisting. However, when they're mostly, you know, subdued and you have an officer run up, push another officer out of the way so he can get his licks in. Yeah. And and that goes to a whole, whole nother realm where now you just have thugs with badges exacting violence out on, you know, other people. Now, I don't know the full story, what started with what was supposedly a traffic stop and then that led to his death. Um, so I, I haven't looked into whole, that a whole lot, so I'm not going to get too off into the weeds on it. But, yep, cops are humans. You have good humans. You have bad humans. I would not be shocked if there were uh, previous allegations in the past against these officers. 
but the same time, I, I, yeah, I am a black, a black, haha. I am a back the blue person. However, I will back the blue as long as they are acting within the parameters of the law. Beating someone to death on the side of the street is outside the parameters of the law. Um, the whole George Floyd thing, yeah, I definitely believe it was overcharged. Uh, manslaughter for uh, the one officer who had his knee on his back, not his neck, as has been reported, because you can watch all the witness video that shows his knee clearly on his back. Manslaughter, I can believe that. I can buy that 100%. Because I do not believe it was an intentional killing. I believe that he was derelict in his duties and that when he couldn't, when he was stating that he could not breathe, be it from the fentanyl in his system, be it from just having a dude kneeling on your back, he could have turned him up on his side. So that way, and then taking the pressure off of him and still maintain positive control of him so that he could, in fact, breathe. So that's why I said manslaughter makes sense. However, that one's beyond, you know, what I can do. Um, you know, Michael Bird, the uh, Capitol Police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt. An unarmed woman. And I said when it came out that, you know, I understand it. You have a crowd of people banging on the glass, and suddenly you have someone come in, you know, trying to come through a window, and your job is to protect the people inside. So I understand the shot. I get it. However, I still don't think he should escape punishment. Um, yeah, all this stuff is just crazy. And as, you know, going back to the Paul Pelosi thing, whenever there's video that exists that either exonerates an officer for an accused crime that they did not commit, whatever shows that, oh my God, this officer is a horrible human being. Look what he did then by all means, put that put that video out there. Now, I understand prosecutors don't like to do that because it can taint a jury pool. Defense attorneys don't like it happening because it can, again, taint the jury pool. But in the case of a public officer, a police officer, they are enforcing the laws as public employees, if you can film a police officer in the performance of their duties, any camera footage from body cams, dash cams, whatever, that is public property. So it should be made available as soon as possible. Now, again, if there is incriminating evidence, make the copies of it, review it, and then and then release what release the footage to the public. 
because, you know, police officers don't operate behind closed doors. They're not, you know, you know, CIA super spies that have to, uh, you know, protect sources and means. They're the people who are supposed to be protecting us. These are the people who are supposed, you know, because it says on almost every police car I've ever seen to serve and protect. So, again, if these officers were wearing their body cams and they were on and they had their dash cams, that footage needs to come out. Just like the footage of the arresting officers at the Pelosi home should have come out months ago and not waited on a federal judge to say, hey, you need to release this. It's an order. Absolutely crazy. But now I'm going to go to the good side of policing, and that is um, sheriffs. Yes, our local sheriffs, they are... Um, a lot of people, oh, they're, they're politicians. Well, yeah, they are a politician. 99% of sheriffs are elected office. However, they are law enforcement first. And anytime law enforcement is doing the right thing, it should be talked about. In the state of Oklahoma, uh, for those of you who have not been following along, the uh, wonderful, wonderful people of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, a.k.a. the ATF, they updated their rules on what is considered a short-barreled rifle. Now, short-barreled rifles are not illegal. However, you do have to have that wonderful $200 tax stamp given to you by the federal government to own one. And typically, a short-barreled rifle is just that, a rifle with a barrel less than 16 inches. Well... What has gone on is that the ATF has gone through and kind of through the back door. Oh, yeah, we're just going to update some definitions. So now, if you own an AR pistol or an AK pistol, whatever, they, uh, you know, typically, you know, an AK pistol is a 10 to 12 inches overall length. You know, same thing as an AR pistol. And they shoot an AR-15 or 7.62 by 3.9 round or 300 blackout round. If you're a fan of the Honey Badger of uh, Call of Duty Ghost fame. Uh, you know, it's a full-size rifle round from a platform that is, you know, a, considered a pistol by definition. However, they have updated their definition of short barrel rifle to include any pistol that has a brace that allows you to fire it like a shoulder-fired rifle. So, you know, I've seen AR pistols that have the, you know, the shooting brace, and it's just got it, it goes over the, uh, the buffer tube, 
because an AR pistol still has a buffer tube assembly like it, an AR-15. And it goes over the buffer tube, and it has a loop on it, or cuff, that goes over your forearm. Kind of like that. That way, you could, if you want to shoot it one-handed, it allows you to handle the... Allows you to better handle the recoil. Not there's a lot of recoil, but then again, it's got a short barrel, so it's going to have more of a recoil than a full-length barrel. So, in the state of Oklahoma, there are several sheriffs who have already said, yeah, if we see someone who's got one of those, we're not going to enforce this crap. We're not going to, we're not going to turn in our citizens. We're not going to go arrest our citizens because, you know, changing a definition to exact a certain political purpose is not constitutional. And uh, lawyers in Oklahoma have already said, yeah, they are well within their rights to not enforce a law that they deem to be unconstitutional. Now, I'm waiting for you know gun owners of America, NRA, any of these groups to come out and you know file a lawsuit against the ATF, which like I said this is the proposed change to the law or to the regulations, not a law, it's a regulation. It is not done by Congress, it is done through bureaucratic fiat. So they're waiting for this change to hit the federal register so that they can, in fact, sue the federal government over this change. Which I think will be very, very good because now also in the state of Illinois, go across the Mississippi River from where I'm at, state of Illinois, they have uh, enacted a, an AR or an assault rifle ban and you go downstate from Chicago and you get away from places like Springfield, uh, Urbana-Champaign, Bloomington Normal, get away from those communities, you would be shocked at how many sheriffs are saying to Governor Pritzker, yeah, we're not enforcing that, you fat blob. Which is good. We need these guys to stand up. When sheriffs come out and say, no, that law is unconstitutional, and try your damnedest to get me to enforce it, I mean, that's who you want serving and protecting you. Someone who's going to go, okay, I know this is the law, but it's unconstitutional, so I cannot enforce something that goes against you know, my oath of office. These guys are awesome. They are great. So good job to those, you know, those peacekeepers, those peace officers who are actually keeping the peace. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, so getting back into the thick of things, you got to love when Democrats double down on a policy. We all do. I mean, you know, carbon carbon dioxide is going to kill us all, so we're going to get rid of fossil fuels, and we're going to destroy the world with, you know, mining all the lithium in Afghanistan, China. Um, Or, you know what? We really need to refill the strategic reserve. So instead of buying you know, crude oil at $28 a barrel, we're going to buy it at like, I don't know, $80 a barrel, which is currently floating its way through Congress now. Um, But what's even better is when they take a Republican policy and they double down on that. Uh, So we are going to the beautiful, beautiful desert state of Arizona. Um, So... I don't want to get the the previous governor, Ducey, uh, Doug Ducey. I almost said Steve Ducey, but I knew that wasn't right. So I'm glad I stopped and scrolled. Um, So Doug Ducey started a policy in the state of Arizona that, you know what? Places like Yuma are so overrun with illegal aliens, we're going to bust them off. We're going to send them other places because we don't want them here. Again, I think this is a horrible, horrible policy. It's a great political stunt. Yeah, we're going to take all these uh, illegal aliens from uh, the border and we're going to send them to San Francisco. We're going to send them to D.C. We're going to send them to New York. It's a political stunt that does nothing other than further the goals that the bureaucrats in D.C. already have of, you know what? We will ship these guys to the nation's interior and get them away from the border, and we can conveniently lose them inside the uh, inside the states. It's a brilliant idea. So, you know, Republican governors, DeSantis, sent the uh, Venezuelan immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, Greg Abbott sending uh, the illegals from Texas to D.C. in New York. And Doug Ducey sending illegals from um, wherever. Or sending the illegals to wherever. Well, this policy has been so highly favored in the state of Arizona that the new governor, Katie Hobbs, has doubled down. In fact, the uh, 
the state legislature doubled the budget. A little over double, went from a $5 million budget last year to now a $12 million budget to bust illegals from places like Yuma to destinations unknown. So, and like I said, this is one of those policies that it looks great. It sounds great. Yeah, we're going to drop these guys off on their front door, on their front porch and see how they like it. Well, like I said, it's it's a great PR stunt, horrible policy. But anyways, uh, did you do uh, post millennial reporting? Uh, Democratic Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs is continuing her Republican predecessor Doug Ducey's program to bust illegal migrants out of the state, but in a way that she says will be more efficient and humane. Hobbs told the Arizona Republic on Tuesday that her administration would focus on ensuring that the program and associated costs were efficient and humane. We just wanted to make sure that we were addressing this issue, and as I talked about many times in the campaign, in a way that was the best use of taxpayer resources and something that wasn't a political stunt. Doug Ducey began busing illegal migrants out of the state in May, and Hobbs has expanded the program to include an option of chartered air travel, according to an updated contract signed on January 14th. Over 3,000 people were bused from Yuma area to Washington, Washington, D.C. during Ducey's time in office, costing the state over $7 million. Earlier this week, a Yuma official warned that the city is on the brink of collapse due to being overwhelmed by illegal migrants thanks to Biden administration's failed immigration policies. Remember, you ask uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the border, the border is secure. The border has been a historic, has seen a historic crisis under President Joe Biden's presidency. Illegal border crossings in December reached their highest level of the Biden administration topping 250,000 in the final month of 2022, continuing the pattern of breaking records every month. Hobbs told reporters last week regarding the busing, we need to look at that practice and make sure it's effective, that it's something that supports local communities. If we're spending the money to bus people, why not just get them to their final destinations? Huh, gee, it's almost like what I said Way back when, except now, instead of sending them to, you know, parts known, sending them to D.C., sending them to New York, sending them to Seattle, places are like, we are a sanctuary city, and and we're not going to deport them because we're not going to turn them into ice. Even if they rape a child, we're just going to keep a hold of them because we love them so much. So now... Basically, Katie Hobbs is saying instead of sending them to sending them to parts now, they're going to send them to parts unknown. Because what's better for America than distributing the illegal aliens who are already coming here to where they want to be? Uh, see, si, senor, we have family in Denver. Can you send us to Denver? Insert random foreign accent being caught snuck across the border. I don't know, an Indian accent. Ah, uh, yes, we have family in Chicago. Please send us to Chicago because we spent so much money to get to Mexico, and now here we are in Yuma, Arizona, and we want to go to Chicago to see our family. I mean, 
And yes, I did intentionally pick an Indian accent because a few years ago there was an Indian girl who her and her mother snuck across the border and she died in the Arizona desert. I kind of did that on purpose. Hobbs told the Arizona Republic that her actions would be different than the methods of Republican governors Greg Abbott of Texas and Ron DeSantis of Florida, who both have transported migrants to Democrat-run cities to showcase the failure of Biden's border policies. An updated contract removed the requirement that buses with illegal immigrants must be sent to Washington, D.C. I mean, so what has gone from being a political stunt that, you know, in places like New York, Mayor Eric Adams, oh my God, we got like 5,000 people in the city, we can't handle it. Uh, the uh, Muriel Bowser in Washington, D.C., oh, we've got all these people, we can't handle it. The fact of the matter is, as much of it as it was a political stunt, it also did show the raging hypocrisy. You know, Eric Adams, well, we're not a border town. Oh, if you think a city of, what, 7 million people can't handle, you know, 5,000 people, how does a little town like Del Rio, Texas, handle 10,000? Well, they're a barter town. They're equipped. No, they're not. <clears throat> There's a reason why the Democrat mayor of Del Rio, Democrat, was trying to get the Biden administration to do anything back when there were you know, 10,000 Haitians living under an overpass just across the Mexican border because, huh, how did 10,000 Haitians end up in a border town in the United States that borders Mexico? Kim points out that illegals from 170 countries came over our border last year. So far this year, Illegals from 140 countries have crossed our borders. So nearly all those countries from last year have been represented in the last 28 days. So now, like I said, Katie Hobbs, she's just taking the middleman out of allowing another city, a Democrat stronghold, that oh, we just can't handle it. She's taking that middleman out who they're eventually just going to bust them to their final destination. Anyways, we're going to save the taxpayers' money. We're just going to send, we're just going to send them to San Fernando Valley. We're just going to send them to, to Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. We're just going to send them to, you know, Podunk, Arkansas, where they want to go because they've got family at the chicken factory. This is a, a total failure. So now you've taken the political stunt and he's going, you know what? You had a great idea, but I'm going to make it better. Asinine. All right, so the final story. This is probably going to be the story that 
makes this video not show up on YouTube. Yes, that's right. Me making YouTube mad, upsetting the alphabet algorithms. Well, we have been, people like me have been saying for the last few years that, you know, government and tech are working together to censor us because while the government can't, they can partner. They can partner with private industry, public entity partnering with private entities. Hmm. Boy, does that sound familiar? And use private industries outside the government purview to censor Americans. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, that's crazy talk. That's not going on. Well, um, this article, America's America First Legal, government agencies, White House, use foreign intel methods to censor Americans. As Kim said, Rutrow. Newly revealed documents show government agencies use foreign intelligence and propaganda methods to censor American speech. Some of these same agencies have been exposed for collaborating with big tech platforms to censor. America First Legal has obtained documentation through a lawsuit showing the Biden administration used the State Department's foreign intelligence tools to censor Americans domestically. AFL said, quote, these documents show a direct line from foreign intelligence tactics being used at the State Department to the Census Bureau and then to the CDC. End quote. This new development is especially concerning given the release of the of the the Facebook files. I don't know why they had the extra the. They could have just said release of the Facebook files. Detailing the CDC's active censorship effort and significant influence over Facebook and Instagram censorship of Americans. AFL stated, quote, These documents prove that there was a coordinated effort through the Biden administration to take intelligence tools and use them against Americans. This was directly coordinated by the Executive Office of the President and the National Security Council, end quote. CDC was also allowed to use propaganda and intelligence methodologies against Americans. CDC vaccine confidence specialist Elizabeth Wilhelm sent Kaiser Family Foundation State Vaccine Confidence Insight Report in May of 2021 to CDC colleagues and White House officials, including members of the National Security Council. Discussion of CDC and vaccine misdisinformation prompted a June 2nd meeting about interagency efforts to identify, counter, and build resilience to disinformation including the NSC, CDC, and Census Bureau. Why does the Census Bureau have to be involved? Huh, that's weird. Census Bureau's 2020 anti-disinformation work with the State Department's Global Engagement Center was also discussed. <clears throat> the GEC's website says its mission is direct lead, synchronize, integrate, and coordinate U.S. federal government efforts to recognize, understand, expose, and counter foreign state and non-state propaganda and disinformation efforts aimed at undermining or influencing the policy, security, or stability of the United States, its allies, and partner nations. That is, GEC shapes views of America abroad. It is the U.S. government's propaganda arm. As part of the State Department, it's supposed to be used abroad, 
but not domestically. Mm-hmm. CDC's Wilhelm sent an email off offering to tell any agency how it, quote, takes action and behavioral interventions both domestically and globally to pre-bunk information. Pre-bunk. Interesting. Almost like they can take bunk information and then make it good before it ever gets released. Oh, my. That includes behavioral modification tools and predictive technologies. The CDC redacted some documents according to the AFL. Ah, yes, because the CDC has sources and methods. Oh, my gosh. Who would have thought the CDC would have to protect sources and methods? Because, you know, they're not a spy agency. The only thing the CDC should be redacting is, hey, hey, Bob, call me at this number or shoot me a message at this email address, and then you loop over the phone number, bloop over the email address. <laughs> mm, pardon me. The NSC and Executive Office of the President then coordinated actions between USAID, the CDC, and the State Department regarding efforts to counter COVID disinfo. NSC then organized a July 2021 call on the White House Situation Room's classified servers. Weird. Why would they need the Situation Room and their classified servers? Let's see. Classified servers. AFL wrote, chaired by two special assistants to the president to discuss a classified paper on domestic efforts to counter COVID disinfo. A widely distributed follow-up email after the call referred to a working group that came out of a classified meeting. AFL said NSC's Mary Beth Polly then asked for confirmation that various agencies and departments were joining a working group. The next day, then White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, I knew we'd circle back to her. Infamously, infamously boasted of the White House efforts to flag online content for censorship. Ah, yes, that went down the memory hole. The National Security Council took tools and processes used by the State Department to push and counter propaganda abroad and co-opted and used them against Americans to shape domestic political narrative. And... When our own government is working to use the same tactics employed by, you know, the CIA, the NSA, uh, not really the NSA, the State Department, you know, to influence foreign actors or, you know, foreign governments, but you take those methods and techniques, use them against us, What does that say about their opinion of us as Americans? I'm sure it doesn't say much at all. However, in the whole idea that, you know, these foreign arms of the government would be used to influence Twitter, Facebook, uh, anyone else, you you know, Alphabet, you know, Google, YouTube, and all that, to be able to really control what speech is out there to 
hey, we're going to flag this account because it used the word COVID. Because I used the word COVID, I'm probably going to get a mark on Spotify. If I do, I wear it with a badge of honor. Um, like I said, my last episode for 2022, no, my first episode for this year, 2023, could not be aired on YouTube because I talked about COVID and I talked about you know, treatments and vaccines. And questions about the vaccines. I'm, I'm whispering right now because I don't want YouTube to catch on. I, mean, I talked about stuff that has been in the news for the last almost three years. I didn't say anything that was factually inaccurate. I stated opinions. Last I checked, in America, we're still allowed to have opinions. We're still allowed to you know, address the government and petition the government for redress whenever the government screws the hell up. But suddenly, because not the government coming against me and saying, oh, you can't say that. Oh, it's a private company. Well, you know what? When the private company is acting at the behest of the federal government, guess what? That means they are being used as part of the federal government. The whole idea that our rights can be trampled, not just by government, but by private entities as well. Private entities should still be under the same you know, restrictions as the federal government. Because you know, our Declaration of Independence, we are endowed by our creators with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I, as an individual, cannot detain somebody. That's their liberty. That's called kidnapping and wrongful imprisonment. I go to prison for that. I cannot remove somebody's life from them unless I'm an abortionist in California. But, you know, I don't believe in that. So, <clears throat> pardon me. I can't take someone's life. You know, even even if it's their will, please kill me. I'm dying anyways. I kill them. I'm I'm depriving them of their life. I go to prison. It's the whole idea that because they're not the government, even though they're working at the behest of the government to break your you know constitutionally protected rights. Oh, well, you can't do anything. I went round and round with John Ziegler on this over Section 230. You know, and Section 230 gets a lot of abuse, you know, when it comes to First Amendment issues. Because, yes, I do believe that, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Blogspot, whatever, they do have a right to you know, moderate what's on their platform to an extent. If someone is, is you know, making threats, bloop, gone. If someone is conducting illegal activities, using your platform to, you know, <clears throat> to, you know, buy and sell P 
people in the human trafficking market, gone. Buy and sell drugs, gone. Solicit murder, gone. If someone's being a racist a-hole, eh, okay, maybe you can uh, you know, slow that roll a little bit. But at the same time, you just don't kick them off for being a racist a-hole. Let the racist a-holes say who they are so that way you know, hey, that guy's a racist a-hole. I'm going to stay the hell away from him. Whatever. Unfortunately, big business is so far up the butts of the American government or possibly uh, the federal government so far up the butts of big business. I mean, the largest web service provider in the world, Amazon Web Service, I mean, they're the contractor of choice for the federal government to run all of their websites. And oddly enough, they have former federal agents or federal directors on in charge of these companies. Huh. Who is really good about having, you know, a partnership between the government and private industry to control the populace? Oh, man. Does Mussolini come in mind? Does the Nazi party going to Dossler Brothers shoes and saying, hey, you're going to stop making soccer shoes and now you're going to make combat boots and bazookas. I'm sorry. They weren't bazookas to the Germans. They were Panzerfausts. But still, it's the point. When government is suddenly controlling what private industry does, and then using private industry to control what you do, what you can say, who you can associate with. That is the literal definition of fascism. And the last time I checked, fascism is bad. Unfortunately, both political parties are just full of them. The Democrats love fascism as long as it's their fascism. Republicans love fascism as long as it's their fascism. Uh, there was a conservative commentator who um, actually wrote liberal fascism. Dadgum. Jonah Goldberg, yes. Jonah Goldberg blocked me on Twitter because I had the audacity to, audacity to say that fascism is cool as long as it's your brand of fascism. Which is ridiculous. When you look at what's going on and you say, well, this is bad, but when your team does it, you don't care. Oh, well, they're doing it for the greater good. Well, you know what? The Democrats over there who are doing the exact same damn thing, they're saying the same thing you are. Well, it's for the greater good. And let me tell you, there's been no greater motivator for death, destruction, genocide, and just pure evil in the world than the greater good.
All right, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Those of you who joined me live on Twitch, thank you so very much. If you are watching this on YouTube or Rumble, please hit the subscribe button and that little notification bell thing, hit it. That way, every week when this episode posts on those platforms, you will get the notification. Hey, Tyler just posted a new video. Please go check it out. Um, Again, thank you so much, uh, podcast listeners. Whatever podcast platform you're checking this out on, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, whatever it is that you happen to be listening to it, if you are capable of rating and reviewing, please, please, the same four things every week. If you are a new listener, please hit that subscribe button. That's number one. The subs- When you subscribe, gets those numbers up. And, you know, it helps more people find it. After you subscribe, please rate it. Looking for five stars. All except four. Three and below. We need to have a conversation. Hit me up on Twitter at fake Tyler Morgan. And we just, my DMs are open. Shoot me a DM. We'll talk it out. We'll see why you are rating it three or less. After you have rated it, reviewed it, or after you have rated it, please review it. I can't speak. Marai Whiskey. Once you have rated it, please review it. Say something nice. Say what you like about the show. Fluff it a little bit. I mean, you can, you can blow it up there a little bit. Don't get carried away. I mean, don't want you, you know, writing the, the next great Dickens novel about how great the show is. But just, you know, if you're like, yeah, it's all right. Come on. Make it sound a little bit better than, yeah, it's all right. Whatever. Anyways, once you have subscribed, rated, reviewed, please share. Send uh, the link link for the show in general. Send the link for this episode to someone who you think will like it, who will appreciate it. Send it to someone who you think will be completely and totally pissed off by this. Same thing with YouTube. Please share the videos. Um, Again, thank you so very much. means the world to me. If you want to support the show, Please go to relentlessdaring.com slash shop. There you can buy some merch. It's always good. Uh, or maybe you want to make a donation to the show. You can jump on uh, relentlessdaring.com on the homepage. Scroll down to the bottom and you will see a link to either PayPal or to coffee. You can go to coffee, buy me a cup of coffee. Um, both of them, you can do a one-time payment. You can do recurring payments, whatever your choice is. All in all, that money that comes in, it goes back into the show. I'm not living off of it. Believe me, I have to work 60-hour weeks to support this debilitating podcast habit. And all the financial support I get from you goes back into the show to keep it going. Thank you so very much. It has been great hanging out with you. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1 7.